and thank you for joining us today for the latest Auto Retail Network webinar. Uh, today we're looking at technology and process in automotive retailing. Think back, in March 2020, you may have been with us here on the Auto Retail Network webinar when we were at the start of COVID and we were exploring the practical ways for dealers to continue trading as the virus kicked in. Retailers, of course, had to create online capability and adapt processes simply to survive, uh, which has been an expensive and disruptive experience for some. The benefit, though, accelerating digital capability. Well, now the technology genie is out of the bottle and enabling the vision, if it is, of omni-channel sales and after sales, is that really the best solution for you and your business, and more importantly, for your customer? Today, we are publishing a new report, Technology and Process, in conjunction with See It Now. This looks at the challenges and opportunities, and we welcome your comments and questions for our panel as we bring together uh, manufacturers, retailers, and technology providers to discuss the issue. You are more than welcome to join in the conversation by typing in your comment or question here in the webinar, or by using the hashtag ARN, Auto Retail Network Live, on social media. And Tristan Young, our editorial director, uh, is keeping an eye across the questions uh, and will share them with the panel. So a warm, literally, welcome to our panel today. Uh, we're joined by Ken Savage, the commercial director of Perry's Group, uh, Dale Wyatt, the director of Suzuki, Alistair Horsburgh, who is chief revenue officer of the See It Now Group, and Ian Godbold, marketing consultant and formerly of Cambria. So technology and process, a huge topic. And before we came on the webinar, before we went live this afternoon, uh, the conversation was quite intense and detailed and it shows uh, the many and varied aspects to be considered. But let's imagine, if I may, a Venn diagram and think of the retailer and the manufacturer and the customer as the three circles. And the area where they overlap is the customer. And we'll be focusing on how technology and process uh, benefits best the customer in that virtual Venn diagram. So let's start with thinking about that technology. And Alistair, um, let's start with you thinking about the conversation today and offering us a perspective on how the structure of the industry has changed through technology. Thanks, Al. Um, I think the pandemic has definitely made um, a big difference. I think pre-pandemic, uh, everybody was looking at technology as a, a sort of a snail's pace. Yes, yes, we were moving quite fast, but there was a um, a resistance from all parties, not just you know the consumer, the dealer, and the manufacturer, all sort of struggling to try and work out who was going to play what part. And the pandemic definitely changed all that world certainly to a situation where you couldn't visit showrooms and you had to go and revert to sort of online communication only you couldn't you know you couldn't do things physically it made a lot of difference and and i think that really made people think and think um i also believe that from a perspective from our point of view we we morphed from just being a video business we acquired deal about at the end of 2020 so we got into the crm space and looked at how customers were should we say um, moved through the ecosystem from a CRM point of view from lead to sale. And then we, we, we've looked at that whole technology stack and tried to work out, okay, how are we going to play in the middle? So as you'll see in the report, for those that read it, there's a lot of detail in there about um, how the consumer can interact with the dealer, how they're going to interact with the manufacturer down an agency route, and where the various pieces, pieces of technology are going to sit. And we think ultimately, and we did talk about it before we came on air, 
the consumer is the one that will win this battle. They're the one that's going to choose to go. They'll vote with their fingers, they'll vote with their feet, and they will find the most the easiest and most comfortable route to their next purchase they possibly can do. And I think that what our job is as a supplier is to work with manufacturers, work with dealer groups, work with other suppliers to create an ecosystem that allows retailers to sell cars, customers to buy vehicles, manufacturers to do the same. And um, and I think it's um, it, it, we've accelerated quite a lot in the last uh, two years, but I think we've got a we've got a long way to go. And I do think it's it's happening very very fast now. But give me a flavour. Are, are you are you having conversations? I don't mean you selling see it now, but are you finding people are um, open and looking to invest more? Are they at the stage of saying, you know what, we've done enough, we're, we're there, or is there a retrenchment? What what what, what do you see? Was a thermometer? I think if you if you go and talk about dealers and dealer groups, um, it's it's public knowledge. So you'll see people like Lookers have been uh, openly invested uh, six million pound in Salesforce in the next two years and a considerable amount more in the next five years. So they're the big, first big major dealer group to go and put their put their money into Salesforce. So I think the checkbooks are out there to be written. If you talk to most of the manufacturers around the world, um, most of them are talking to Salesforce in one way, shape, or form because they see that as a sort of next generation of what might help the automotive industry. And I think that if you talk to the consumer, the consumer will still vote the way that they want to vote. I think what we've got to do is make make technology work. And I think that between the dealers and the manufacturers, we're finding it very relevant. And there is a there is a healthy budget for it, uh, Al. I do think that retailers have worked out that they need to be a machine. They have to turn themselves into something that can that can transact wherever they are. And, and we talked, we have talked about the online-only portals. And I think what they've done is they've given everybody a perspective on the fact that as retailers, they need to try a bit harder to make sure that they're relevant and um, that they have an offering that could provide something for a customer to buy exclusively online if they choose to do so. I still think it's very, very low single-digit percentage points and will stay there for a while, but the consumer will want that option. So I Ken, think the chatbook is still out. That, sorry, Alistair, thank you. Ken, Kenneth Perrys, um, how's technology changed within your business i mean you're a you know a, a reasonable scale business 50 um 50 businesses across the uk what what's the transformation in technology if there is within your organization well i mean in, in terms of the sales process i mean it's not changed hugely i mean there's, there's a lot of talk about selling cars online um and certainly through the, the pandemic and the shutdowns, we certainly saw a, a huge boost in that and it became a large percentage um, in terms of um, the number of orders we were taking online and, and delivering without customers actually seeing the cars. But as soon as, as we went back to business as normal, what we have found is that actually people want to tr uh, transact in a traditional sort of way. Um, I was watching a seminar recently about from Robert Forrester, and he was making this very similar observation that in their business, the actual number of um, on true online sales that they make is very low. And he was making the, the very valid point that Arnold Clark, who are probably the best franchise used car dealers in the country, you know, they, they, they're not offering the ability to transact online. And I, I still think that pe buying a car for most people is a very personal personal thing and they want to buy it from a dealer and preferably a local dealer um yes technology will come and te technology will 
improve our business and we probably will see more and more cars bought online and perhaps with electric cars as they become more of a commodity um but i, I think traditional cars are not yet a commodity and um people want a local dealer and they want to go and see see the dealer and talk to the dealer and particularly at the moment with electric cars because this is a new technology they need to understand it better and they need somebody to talk to rather than just to order the car that, that's my take on it so the Covid has forced uh, forced an acceleration in the pace of technology, certainly from a retail perspective. Um, Dale Wyatt, director of Suzuki um, and, and probably one of the most vocal and accessible um, MDs of, of car companies, you, you're always happy to, to, to share your honest experience. What, what's happening with technology manufacturer side? Is, is the acceleration in technology the same as it has been for retailers? Yeah, it has. If I look around my business now, we have a whole suite of people with new job titles. I've got brand managers, digital managers, CRM managers, data scientists. So there's definitely a new skill set within the organization. We have a lot of digital projects. But my message really is don't underestimate the amount of change in the last three years we've gone through. With WLTP, COVID, semiconductors, supply chain. And every business has had to adapt to the way they transact and interact with customers. And every business has got new systems and new processes. There's a huge impact on every employer's people. And I think we've put in place new processes and systems and expected immediate change. There's a big impact on the people in the motor retail industry at the moment. So talk me through a little bit because the process is, you know, the title of this report that, that's being launched today is technology and process. And I suppose it's comfortable to fall back on technology because it's, you know, the black boxes and the things you see. But process, how important is process to work with technology, Dale? Yeah, I think it's really important. I mean, all the research that I show, that I see says that the most influential factor on a new car purchase is people. And um, the winning formula is core process plus people with personality, people with, who are empowered to make value-based decisions that are customer-focused. So I think it's that combination of process and people with systems underpinning decision-making. You're watching the Auto Retail Network webinar. Today, we're looking at the impact of technology and process on uh, automotive retail. Uh, I'm going to come to Ian, Ian Godbold, um, marketing consultant. Ian, what's the impact on the customer uh, then in, in, in terms of is buying online easier now or, or was it a bit of a blip come COVID um, and actually it was a bit of a blip? I think technology has allowed the marketplace, particularly used car marketplace, to just become more efficient. And what I mean by that is the data available to the consumer allows them to research and make an informed decision whether they want to purchase that vehicle online or do as much research as they want to online and then come in and finish that purchase in, in, in the dealership. Yeah, it's also impacted the dealers in the fact now all, all dealers are digital now. They've got the data available on there to, to purchase the vehicle, understand where they're going to place the vehicle, price the vehicle, and understand where they're going to position that vehicle to make sure they get the best the, the best return from a desirable point of view. Um, you, you're seeing digital marketing now as the heart of all, all dealers. The tools now available it make it easy to target those all-important in-market buyers, the consumers that are looking to purchase the vehicle. And the retargeting tools that are available is just they allowed us to increase conversion whilst reducing the cost of leads and reducing the cost per sale. So technology's had a, a huge impact. 
the, the ability now with the disruptors that have come to the marketplace and be able to purchase online have done a fantastic job because their process, it used to be a clunky process of buying a car online. Not anymore now. It's very streamlined and the consumer can choose to do that. And if you look at the offering, that a consumer can order a car, get it delivered free of charge, have 14 days to try the car and then return it back. It's just completely transformed automotive retail and it will do going forward. Interesting comment you talk about there, the, the, the customer, um, Umesh Samani. Hi, Umesh. Thank you from Specialist Cars in um, Stoke-on-Trent. He makes the point that it's down to trust, um, whether that be online or in the showroom. Now, now the trust from the physical retailer, you, you can eyeball and go there. How does that trust happen online, Ian? Yeah, well, you, you, you've got to build up your reviews. And obviously, your Google My Business reviews is, is key to that. You mentioned one of the best retailers out there in the marketplace, you mentioned. And, and you know, anybody who's been to his business will know that how fantastic he focuses on, uh, on trust and provide brilliant customer service. And that's absolutely key. And, and going forward, particularly on the Google My Business side, you can see that area delivering more and more traffic to the dealers' websites. Um, from certainly, certainly from the uh, the SEO perspective, and you can see what's going to happen there going forward. The facility to get your cars away and that part of Google. So reviews are absolutely key and building that trust. Albeit it's always been like that. It's all about being being able to to build trust, whether you purchase consumer purchase online or come to the dealership. It's about giving that excellent customer service. You're watching the Auto Retail Network live webinar on technology and process. Uh, your comments and uh, questions more than welcome as ever. Uh, you can either type them into the webinar here or use the hashtag ARNLive. Oh, can I chip in with something, please? Is it possible? Please. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking the Institute of Customer Service have just released their CSI results and they measure the amount of effort it is to do business with different sectors. And a low, a low effort score is a good score. And retail has an effort, effort score of 4.5. And automotive has an effort, effort score of 5.6. So we've got some work to do. And the brand that is the most difficult to deal with requires the most effort has a score of 7.1, and that's Tesla. Interesting. Is there Suzuki on there by any chance? Yeah, it is. We're at 5.1. Okay, so so in terms of automotive retail, what you're saying is that from well, not retail, automotive brands, it's harder from more or less all brands than it is across retail in general. It is, and the and the and the, the breadth of scores, the best automotive score is five, and the worst is seven point one, and four point six is the retail benchmark for a retailer outside of our industry. So we've still got some work to do. Would be my challenge. Okay, what, what does that look like then in, in terms of, well, we say we've got work work to be done. What what does that work mean for you? I think it's about making the transaction smoother and effortless. I think we've got a series of joined up systems that just about work together, but I think the UX, the user experience isn't smooth enough when you compare, when you, when you, when you compare the experience with buying a car compared to the experience with other online platforms. And I think we need to think about gamification and think about how we can make things easy and fun. So, of course, Tesla has is, is, is been disruptive in the market and, and successful in, in, in volume in, in selling vehicles um, online principally. So is, is a, it, it, could you read into that that a combination of online and offline um, is best? Um, I think so. I think, I think the online disruptors will go physical. 
and the physical brands will develop online capability and will become one and the same. Interesting point. Thanks, Dale. Um, the root of all the technology and process, of course, underneath it lies the customer, and underneath that is data. Um, and we're not going to avoid the question, uh, and, and we're, we're not going to spend the remaining time together um, talking about data. But let's dive into it briefly. Alistair, um, Alistair Horsburgh, Chief Revenue Officer at See It Now Group. Let's just lay it down what we're talking about when we use those um, four initials, GDPR, and it, it either causes the eyes to roll or the, the, the lines to be drawn between retailer and, and OEM. But what's the problem here? Can you, can you sort of state the problem and, and then perhaps we can have a look briefly at what we might do to achieve it, overcome it? Yeah, so I mean, the, the, this is all about the consumer making a decision about how their preferences of of, uh, of contact are, in other words, who who you who they give permission to contact them to, and that starts to get very grey. I think that where retailers and manufacturers don't move to agency, I don't think anything changes. I think everything is still the same. I think where agency comes in, it starts to make it muddies the water, and the muddy the water gets muddied because who is giving who permission? And I think that this this is where technology needs to step in. So. I do. I, I think it'll be cured through technology, but I don't think it's the only answer. I think that what you can't you can't do is you can't simply just accept that technology will take responsibility for this. And I think that back back to some something that you've already said, Al, is that the customer needs have changed here, and that that what you'll find is you'll find that the customer will be um, more inclined to do business with somebody. And we've already said it: making it easier to do business has got to be the sort of the language. And I don't think there's one. There's no one magic bullet here. You don't. You can't just put technology in and it fixes it. You've got to have good people. You've got to have a good, seamless process. You've got whether well, I don't like the word omni-channel personally, but whatever you want to call omni-channel, and you've got to have good communication. Those four pillars are the secret for you being able to to create an environment, whether you're a manufacturer, whether you're a dealer group, to be able to retail vehicles. And those four things are the things that have moved and changed the most through the back end of the pandemic and into the, if you, if you want to call it the next revolution of, of, of technology, has got to consider all of those four things. And I think GDPR gets fixed through a combination of um, the manufacturer working with the dealer groups and effectively talking through who does what. Because I don't think, there's no one, there's no one silver bullet here, Al. It's not going to be a one easy fix. Talking of the A word, agency, by the way, just useful reference. Um, that on the Auto Retail Network website, uh, there is a list, uh, brand by brand, uh, of the status of the agency uh, discussions. Really useful uh, insight there, just to sort of stick on a piece of paper and, and have a look at later on. Um, thank you for that, Alice. That's useful to, to, to dig into the GDPR thing. Uh, Ken, Ken Savage at uh, Perry's, are we... Um, are we locked because of the kind of the, you know, the, the farmer and the cow hand should be friends, but but they're not. Are we locked into sort of a, a cycle here of retail versus OEM and GDPR is just the thing that's being fought over? Or, or is this something that we can solve? Uh, I, I, I don't think that uh, relationship is changing. I mean, in my time in the motor trade, there's always been a call it a negotiation between dealer and, and, and uh, manufacturer. And you get different flavors of that negotiation depending on which manufacturer you're talking to. But it's, it, it, there's, there's always a, a lot of push and pull to try and have a relationship and, and get a good solution moving forward. 
often you'll get the manufacturer's solution and often what happens is the dealer will moderate what the manufacturer originally originally wanted to do and so you get get something that's actually more workable and I, and I think gdpr is just a, another of those areas that needs to be debated stroke negotiated um but i suppose the the complication with gdpr is that you've got the legal input in terms of it's fine the manufacturer and the dealer trying to find a solution but that solution does actually need to fit in with what the law is saying and i think that's that's the tricky area but i think it's just one of the many things that um dealers and manufacturers have to debate and try and resolve so so what are you what are you putting in place in terms of technology or process that's going to provide you because whichever way you know the mop flops that you're going to have to have a solution to be able to still engage with customers across the range of portfolio brands that you've got so what what's your strategy in terms of thinking about how to manage that well it's it's not really changed okay the, the technology has improved to help us in terms of um improving our data but it, it, it's fundamentally the same as it's, it's always been in terms of having that quality of data, capturing the data, putting it into your systems, being able to review it so that you know when people are, need a service, need an MOT, need to, you know, coming to the end of the contract on the on the car, and we need there needs to be a conversation about replacing that car. So all that basic stuff is still in place, but it's just that there's technology out there that's helping you do it more efficiently. And getting better quality data, but that that's the same as it's always been. Does that technology can change the role, some of the roles within the business? So, for example, just thinking, you know, if if you can do a lot of the research and transaction online, you could buy a car previously online during lockdown. You didn't need a business manager, for example. Does are other roles that maybe disappear or change? as technology is enabling other functions of the business to perhaps be automated? I'm not, things are changing and it's not just technology driving that change. I mean, there's also other legal matters such as uh, the FCA and the, you know, and, and we don't have um, rent spread that we used to, used to have. So that's less opportunity for us to negotiate with the customer to make margin out of the sale of F&I. So you've got a lot of that happening in the background. Um, yeah, things things are, are, are changing constantly. Um, and as dealers, I mean, we, we've got to look at our cost base constantly and, and, and work, work efficiently. Um, you know, business managers may be a case in point in, in terms of their roles changing. I mean, historically, a lot of business managers would spend a lot of their time um, doing administration. And you would hope that through technology, that that proportion of the time spent doing admin could be reduced to a, to a, to allow them to spend more time with customers. Let's turn to Alistair and see it now. Your, your business is technology and introducing it, so presumably you get the chance to see some of those changes within within the retailer side of your of your business. Are, are you seeing that transition and some roles changing, maybe even being removed, some of those roles and other, and other skills coming in? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the exact numbers, Al, but I, if you took the top 20 dealer groups in the UK and worked out how many of their team, how many of their, of their employee uh, in, left through the pandemic, I would probably say maybe up to, I don't know, can maybe be able to answer the question better, maybe 20% of their staff, some of the groups left. And I don't think they've all been replaced. And I think some of those, dare I say it, were probably there to tick a box for a manufacturer. And some of them were there because they were historically 
if you like, there was a legacy of a, of a person doing a particular job. And I do think that technology needs to work harder, not to replace people, but to make people more efficient. So I completely agree with Ken there in terms of making whoever they are, whether they're a business manager or a salesperson or a, whoever, make them more efficient and doing, doing what their job is. Um, I, I just think that at the end of the day, we've got um, the, the, the customer will continue to drive this agenda. And, you know, we, we as, as software providers into the industry are always trying to look at what does the customer want to do next and how do they, how do they want to communicate? What do they want to, you know, what, what do they want to do next? It's, it is, it's really difficult because the customer walking into the showroom today is different to the customer walking into the showroom three years ago. And I think one of the big things you might see with um, with information, if you take, we talked about electric vehicles. So, if if manufacturers with agency push agency on electric vehicles first, are the dealers going to invest in people to educate customers on electric vehicles? You'll see Alan Clark have opened an innovation center in Stafford. They've got one in, in Glasgow. I don't know whether that's the future or not, but they're they're you know that really is the manufacturer's job. I would have thought to do that innovation rather than a dealer group. But Alan Clark have chosen to do that. And is that a different way to, to attract customers into the showroom? I don't know, but I don't think, I just think the customer coming into the showroom now is different. They know they almost want validation and we've talked about it. They want somebody to talk to who they trust and like to be able to validate the decisions that they've made to help them to buy a vehicle. That's what I think they want to come into a showroom for today. Customer, customer focus, customer at the centre of it. Dale, how does that mean you are shaping your organisation? I know you've, you've said publicly that you don't see Suzuki following the agency model, but that aside, how are you, how are you shaping the, the, the team within you as a, a, an OEM, as a manufacturer, to meet the demands of the customer that's changing? Good question. We're trying to put the customer at the centre of our business and we're trying to get one team with one dream to get everybody lined up facing north. So supplier, employer, sorry, employees within the manufacturer and dealer, everybody on the same page, which is a big job, Al. But um, together towards tomorrow is our approach. I think uh, we get everybody facing north, get everyone capable of describing what good looks like. And if we can draw a pencil picture of that, and then we can colour it in over time, Al, would be my view. And, and does that mean a more a closer relationship and perhaps as, as Alistair alluded to, you know, we all know there are perhaps roles and things that have happened because of history uh, that actually it's time to maybe brush some of those away and, and to use your analogy, get a rubber and maybe rub out some of those pencil parts on the, on the map. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a real opportunity for manufacturer and dealer to review roles and responsibilities and to think about who's best served to meet the customer's needs at each transaction point, at each, at each um, intervention. Uh, so there is a real opportunity to rethink the way we do things and take cost out for both parties. You're watching the Auto Retail Live webinar. We're looking at technology and process. Um, questions and comments, please send them through, uh, and we'll be going to our questions shortly. But I want to turn to Ian Godbold um, to talk um, about how the technology is being used beyond sales, uh, also within sales, beyond in, into after sales, because we've had sort of visions painted of, of telematics technology enabling predictive uh, attempts at servicing and, and managing relationships with the customer. Is that all just a kind of science fiction dream or is that actually happening in the real world in retail, Ian? Uh, I think it is happening in the real world. I'll just just go back to your initial conversation. The, um, you, you mentioned sales first of all. I'll just, I'll just cover that out. 
one of the things that uh, we, you know, what we, we put in uh, Formula Cambria, one of the things now it is, is, is big in the marketplace, is, is, is engagement marketing now. So understanding what that consumer is doing online um, and understand what they do before they raise their hand. So before they put a lead in a telephone call, a live chat or, or email, because generally what you see now is web, websites with a good conversion, a, a double digit, anything between 10 and 15%. But if you've got 85% of your consumers still coming to your website and not putting in a lead, not raising raising their hand, and you're marketing effectively by you know, marketing in, in, in market consumers, um, what are those other 85% doing? Well, it, it's important that you understand what they have done online before they raise their hand and how can you get them to actually put a lead into the business through enticements or understanding when are they going to walk into a, to a dealership. So you can start predictive modeling and understand, is that consumer going to come into the dealership? Am I prepared for that dealer to come in? Am I going to be able to see what that consumer's looked at? Am I able to see if they've used a finance calculator? And just really give the best, you know, the, the, the best opportunity for the consumer to buy the right car. Certainly with after sales, um, certainly experience I've had with, 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 with there, it's pretty much lo lo loading up consumers that are, you know, just, just, just really want the um, service, MOT reminders, making sure they're going out on time, making sure they're going out at the best possible time to get the conversion, making sure you're using different media channels to do that, whether it be email, telephone call, or be it letter, if that's still, be, still being used. I'm really optimising that, and I still think that that, that is almost the back to basics on that side from a dealer level on making sure that's happening. Certainly some of the dealers I've spoken to, that, that that's not happening. Um, but um, I think we, once we get down the, uh, the route of the, uh, uh, the connected car, et cetera, so that's a different conversation. And that's when the car centers is coming in for a service. And we're starting to see that at, at the moment, obviously with some of the, some of the brands. But, but is, it, is it happening kind of, is it sort of a bit like the COVID thing? Before COVID, there was technology and people were interested in it, but they weren't, I said people were interested in it. I mean, retailers and manufacturers were interested in it, but it wasn't, there was no need to do it. Is, is it going to be the same with connected cars? There's going to have to be something that moves to a need uh, rather than just a, a nice to have. I think the OEM will drive it. The OEM will dri dri drive that, and then obviously the car coming to the dealership. So I think the OEM will, will be behind that drive. I think you're absolutely right. COVID, you know, as we all know, COVID, COVID moved the bar up, particularly in the sales process, uh, and, and the ability for consumers to purchase online and, and, and collect at store. So I think the connected car will get driven from the OEM. You're watching the Auto Retail Network live webinar on technology and process. Uh, it's great to have your comments and questions. First of our questions uh, this afternoon. Hello, Peter. Peter Smythe from Swansway. He was with us uh, actually in our last uh, webinar just a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Peter says, are manufacturers' current digital platforms capable of selling new cars online? I'm going to go to Alistair first, and then I'm going to ask uh, Dale uh, for his view from Suzuki. So, Alistair, are they really capable of selling new cars online? They probably are, but I don't think they'll give the retailer the profitability that they're looking for, because retailers will make money from selling things other than just the metal of the car. And I think that's the major difference. Um, I also, to try and answer Peter's question, they probably aren't properly ready to do it, because most customers, what, 90% will buy a car on a PCP, and the biggest challenge that every manufacturer seems to maybe not avoid but doesn't seem to fix is where the part exchange comes in. It's a bigger issue in the UK than it is anywhere else in Europe um, because the part exchange is a massive part of the, if you like, the transaction in the UK, whereas it's not in Europe. So 
I'm saying yes, possibly, but not. I don't. I still don't think are a long way off from being what I think the consumer is expecting. Dale, do you want to sell online, and can you sell online? Um, I'm agnostic about whether I sell online or not. Um, but my view is manufacturers aren't ready. No, I think the key challenge of valuing a car exchange and financing a car is very difficult to do online. To get those bits right in a smooth, simple way is a real challenge. Ken, from your experience looking at from a retailer, you obviously represent a portfolio of brands. Do you do you, do you agree with your colleagues on the panel that they're not ready yet, or do you think some are close? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think we're some way away from a manufacturer. I mean, clearly te Tesla do it, and that, I guess they're. The, but you know, I've actually bought a Tesla, and it wasn't the um, it wasn't the experience that you might think for buying an eighty five thousand pound car. Um, you know, the, the the online experience was was very good, but the actual experience of picking the car up was was, was awful. And I can't imagine any manufacturer really wanting that. And it's about getting that relationship between the manufacturer and dealer. I don't. I think the manufacturers are a long way. Okay, they will always sell some some cars online when the customer absolutely knows what they want and they perhaps had a car, that type of car before, and it's just very much a repeat purchase. But I think that's very much the exception rather than the rule. And the fact of the matter is. The dealer is there to help the customer buy a car because a car is still a, a significant price and a very complex product. Um, so I think so. No, we're, we're some way off manufacturers just selling cars online, like you know, cans of beans or whatever. Um, Technology and is, process. Sorry, Dale. Um, my experience is the customer wants to wants to kind of move in a. It's not a linear journey. You want to move online, offline. And before they push that buy button, you want to talk to somebody. Uh, so, so I think I think digital can take somebody quite a long way down the down the chain. You've got to be pretty brave to push the buy button on any thousand pound car to use Ken's example. It's interesting. It's a point that Jason Cranswick, hello Jason, um, from Marabani Auto Investment, makes. He makes just that point that it's probably now the time to talk about sales um, rather than rather than online sales and sales. It's actually just a sale. Because whether it's online or whether it's on and offline, it's still a sale. Is that where you're at, Dale? It is, yeah. We, we talk about the digital assist. We, we talk about digi digital assisting the customer along the purchase, purchase funnel um, and giving the customer digital nudges and making sure the customer, once they've gone on your website, they're not to leave for any reason. All the information they need to make the decision and move to the next step is there for them. And they can if they want to. And if they want to jump off of the online journey and go physical, they can. And they want to then rejoin the online journey anyway, they can, on their terms. Question from Cliff Deller at uh, Big Motoring World. Hi, Cliff. Um, Ian, I'm going to come to you. Uh, Cliff says, what about the what are the various uh, forms of AI, artificial intelligence? How are they benefiting um, automotive retail, if indeed they are, Ian? Yeah, great question, Kate. Uh, well, for, 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 for me, the, the, the two points, um, we've used AI with uh, our live chat, so so bots particularly out, out, out of ours, which does assist. Um, the, the, the other part that uh, I've seen AI use very well is uh, just decoding tele, te, telephone calls. 
to, you know, to understand what, what, what was talked about on that telephone call and, and feeding that back into a system that you could see if it was uh, if it was a good sales sales call, a complaint, etc., which is great for training. That's as far as AI that uh, I, I've used myself. Now, there's a number of other things that are going on with AI, we know, but so in my experience is those, is those two. Alistair, but you've obviously got a bigger perspective and, and with a global um, view, I think you, you cover something like 60, 65 countries uh, with see it now. Is artificial intelligence just a buzzword or is it is it really in use in retail? I think it's a buzzword. Um, I take uh, Ian's two points, case points there. We, we have a, we recently acquired a um, communication platform based out of the Netherlands that do have um, a form of bots. Most of those bots, though, are decision tree style bots rather than proper AI. So I would argue that it's probably not very, I think we still need too much human interaction. I think as individuals buying a, a piece of machinery that's as, you know, high net, whatever you want to call it, it's a big, big capital investment for most people. They still want to talk to someone and I don't think they really want to talk to a, a, some kind of, or some kind of AI. I know that some of the conversations that we've had around people looking to use um, Salesforce from an agency point of view. We're talking about various pieces of AI to work out when you should recontact a customer from a lead. And I, we've sort of questioned that as, just as if to say, you know, surely the sales manager stroke sales team in that dealership should be better. You know, they're, be they're better trained and knowledgeable to be able to ring a customer when they should be doing rather than waiting for a piece of AI to do it, in my opinion. Uh, Jacopo Sparatore from uh, Nemora. Hi, Jacopo. Um, under agency, can retailers cut the digital investment on their own website for new car sales? That's an interesting one. Ken at Perry's, I guess that would affect you most of all, potentially. Can you save some money on uh, digital technology on your website? Well, it's going to very much depend on what agency looks like, um, because I don't think we know that. And it's likely to look like different depending on which manufacturer you represent. Um, but you, when you look at a dealer website, the, the majority of it's used cars anyway. Okay, you know, if it's probably an 80-20 rule. Um, could you, could you invest, put investments on, on new cars? I, I still think you'll need a new car presence and you'll need to demonstrate that you're still a, a new car dealer. So it, it's still going to be in, in place. But... No, I don't think there will be significant reductions investment of investment on um, dealer websites. Once you've spent, you've spent and you're committed to keep spending. Uh, quick question uh, from Dan Pitt. Alistair, it's a, it's a GDPR one, so tin hat on. Um, as sales companies move towards an agency model, some, not all, is it a given that the national sales company, the brand, will come out on top when it comes to the ownership um, of customer data? An impossible question to answer, but give it a go. <laughs> so it's one that I get shot by two different people, whatever the answer is. So um, <laughs> I, I actually think that the purpose of agency from a manufacturer's point of view is to own the customer data. So I think to that end, that is what they, that's what they are looking for in that. They'll, they might argue that they're looking to um, give a better customer experience to the customer. I'd argue that the retailers do the best job there. That's my opinion. Um, however, um, I think the answer to that question will be the manufacturer will want to have ownership of that data, but in reality, in order for the retailer to do their job, they need to have, they need to be given permission to communicate with the customer, not only to sell the vehicle, but also to follow the customer up after sale and also to work out whether they are going to be a customer, sorry, whether they're going to be a customer that will be local enough 
to have their vehicles serviced at the dealership. So what what contact permissions will you be able to put into the DMS to be able to contact that customer from a you know booking your car in for a service? Because I don't think you can do any of that just by allowing the manufacturer to own the data and not the retailer. So I think it's a real problem. Good answer to a sticky question. Uh, don't forget on this, the, 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 the foundation of this webinar was a report that's being launched today by um, Auto Retail Network, supported by See It Now, um, and details where we can get that report in just a moment. Um, thank you very much for everybody who's, who's raised questions. Before we go, I'd like to just ask each of our panelists for a tip, a piece of advice, something you can use practically as a result of uh, from from finishing this webinar and going back to your desk uh, and perhaps using in the showroom or your business. So let me turn first of all to Ken, Ken Savage um, at Perry's. I think the advice I would give is probably more of a, a general um, bit of advice and Dale touched on it really in terms of the digital assist and not letting the dog wag the tail. So the tail wag the dog, um, you know, digital and technology, it's the, as a tool to help you run your business. Um, you shouldn't run your business like digital takeover running your business. And the, the, the basic principles still apply of um, a great process and great people will produce a great business. And when we look at any of our sites, you know, the, the best sites have the best follow process. And now, now uh, technology can actually help you with that if, there's, um, if your process isn't quite up to scratch by putting some technology in, you can actually regiment the, your process. So that, that's great and that's very helpful. But it's, it needs to be the right technology in the right place at the right cost. Um, uh, and that's, that was, that's my input. Great. Dale, Director of Suzuki GB. Um, if I was advising a dealer now, I would say the primary contact methods for customers are in-person phone and website. So um, just remember that in-person phone and website are the key um, primary contact methods. And I'd say three things to think about. What's your biggest people problem? What's your number one process fail? And do you really understand and use all the system capability that you've invested in? I think a lot of dealers invest a lot of money in system capability, and they're not using the capability of the kit they bought. They've been seduced by new stuff. So focus on what you've bought. Ian Godbold. Uh, great answers both there. And um, what I'd say is, um, you, you see a bit of an issue with tech in the industry. And what I mean with that is, you see new technology coming to the marketplace, dealers jumping on it. And the problem is with a lot of this new technology, it comes with its brand new shiny portal. And we expect sales managers, busy general managers to jump in and action some of it. And it, it just becomes, it's not sustainable. And it be making the job more complex and the, the, the business benefit or the benefit to the consumer actually backfires because the consumer doesn't get that, 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 that good experience. So for me, mine's a little bit more technical and that's for all suppliers really to be able to supply an API, an API into the systems that the dealer is using uh, or from the OEM or the supplier that they can integrate into their own systems, which they're happy with. And if you get that, you then get... Uh, you know, the, the simplicity is, is the ultimate sophistication, and uh, and that's what you try and strive for. Keeping things simple, and Alistair, um, Chief Revenue Officer at See It Now, what's your your takeaway? So I think um, I, I've sort of bucketed it into four things. Al, sorry, it's not one; it's four. But seamless, 
is the process, people you need, omni-channel and communication. All those four things you need to go and have a, have a look at in the business. And at the end of the day, when a customer, most of the time, and I take everybody's point about when leads come into the business about how to react with them, the biggest point of failure of a retailer today is when a customer walks into the showroom and they don't get these first 60 seconds or three minutes of what they're expecting. And I do think it's about how those customers are interacted with at the beginning because I think there are diff they've got different needs and wants when they walk into the showroom today. And I do think it's hard to try and ask those questions, but I think the questions have changed. So I'm sorry, that's a very long answer to your question, Al, but that's my view. And if you'd like to catch up, you can download a free copy of the Technology and Process Report produced by Auto Retail Network in association with See It Now. If you look on the related content tab in the webinar you will find the link to download the report the technology and process report available from the related content tab uh, here in the webinar thank you very much for taking time this afternoon to join us uh, for the latest auto retail network webinar and um, thank you to our guest to ken savage the commercial director of perry's group to dale wyatt director of Suzuki, to Alistair Horsburgh, Chief Revenue Officer of the See It Now Group, and to Ian Godbold, Marketing Consultant and formerly with Cambria. Our team, on behalf of our team, uh, Tristan Young, Editorial Director, and the team at uh, Auto Retail Network, thank you very much for your time.